Christmas is just around the corner. Yes. I thought we'd sneak in a quick pod before we go off for a couple of weeks holiday. Okay, great. And part of the reason is that not a lot is happening in uh, Strata (laughs) or or anything else. Everybody's sort of uh, geared up for the holiday season. Everything's slowing down, I think. Yeah, but uh, there's been a couple of things have come up. New South Wales has introduced no bidding on rental properties. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's a bit of a a concern about the amount of information that tenants have to give out. Mm. So that'll give give us something to chat about. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the flat check column for the Australian Financial Review. And I'm Sue Williams, and I write about property for Domain. And this is the Flat Chat Wrap. This does not feel like summer in Sydney, does it? No, the weather's terrible outside. It's really windy and it's been raining and oh, but at least we're almost on holiday. That's true. People might be able to hear the wind outside, depending on how effective this editing software is. (laughs) Good luck with that. Mm. So the biggest news, I think, well, given that 50% or more of people who live in Strata are tenants, Mm. uh, last weekend the government in New South Wales banned rental bidding. So that's basically where you see uh, an apartment for rent or house for rent and a certain figure and you go along and the real estate agent says, look, if you agree to another $10 a week, you'll definitely get this. Mm-hmm. And given that there is such a shortage of rental accommodation around and people are desperate to find somewhere to live, Obviously, that exploits the situation. I mean, it's the oldest rule in in commerce, isn't it? That uh, when demand outstrips supply, prices mm. go up. Absolutely. But what happens if people, you know, people who want to rent a place go in and the rent's five hundred dollars, and they say to the to the agent, "Look, I'm off. I'm going to offer you five hundred thirty dollars a week." Is that outlawed as well? I I can't see how it could be. Mm. I mean, there's no nobody is doing anything that's illegal. Mm. So so basically they're outlawing rent bidding. So that means that the real estate agents can't suggest that or yeah. the or the put owners pressure on them or the owners, yeah. Can't 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 put pressure on tenants would be tenants either. You but, know, so um, you turn up to at the property or the real estate agent's office and you fill in the forms and they say, Look, there's twenty other people interested in this apartment. Mm. But, you know, if you can come at it with a bit more money then you're probably going to get it Mm. and of course then the next person who walks through the door gets the same story so it's really unfair on people who have turned up expecting Mm. to be able to rent somewhere that they can afford and finding out they're going to have to put uh, more money on the table Mm. now new south wales is quite late to the party on this because i think the anti-rent bidding laws are already in place in Victoria and Queensland, I think. All right, yeah. So you have your finger on the pulse of house and apartment prices. What difference is there between the rise? I mean, we know rents have been going up, we think, everywhere. Mm. Have they been going up faster in New South Wales than Victoria? No, they haven't, Jimmy. 
And so it just kind of shows, I think, that the mar- it's, it's all about the market rather than the kind of tweaks to the market that, right. that say, rental bidding is really. Because um, well, the latest figures for rents came out in October and they yeah. went up for the year to the end of September. So they're a little bit out of date already. Mm. But those um, figures showed that unit rents in Sydney, um, they're very high, $550 a week. And unit rents in Melbourne are a little bit lower at $425 a week. But right. that's merely the difference in price between the two cities. It's property yeah. is always more expensive and rents more expensive in Sydney than in Melbourne. But for the year to, to the end of that September this year, rents went up in Sydney 14.6%. Wow. Yeah, it isn't a huge amount, isn't it, really? But rents in Melbourne went up 14.9%, 0.3% more. So it's kind of really difficult. No, rents went up much more over the year. There's so many factors involved. Well, there are. Pandemic kind of hit Melbourne worse than it did in Sydney because their lockdowns were much longer. So they've just about almost recouped all the rent. You know, there was lots of rent discounting during the pandemic. They've almost recouped all that reduction in rent now. Right. Um, so rents are just $5 behind what they were in March 2020 before the pandemic really hit. Right. Yeah, over the last quarter, they went up 3.7%. In Sydney, they went up 4.8% on the, on the same quarter. But, you know, it's kind of in line with other cities, really. Um, in Brisbane, um, rents went up 2.2% on the quarter, a bit less, but 12.2% over the year. And right. they've reached a record high of $460 a week which is considerably more than Melbourne's 425 Mm. and uh, considerably less than Sydney's 550. I mean, there are so many factors involved in how much it costs to rent somewhere. That's right. It's interesting, the Real Estate Institute of New South Wales has really criticised the government about outlawing rent bidding because they're saying it presents landlords and real estate agents as the enemy when they're helpless as well because there's just a housing critical housing shortage and a critical supply shortage of available rentals mm. and that's that's incredibly true but you will always get the outliers uh the the people in any industry who will make the most of any opportunity that mm. arises whether it's fair or unfair and you know and it's like the the guys when there was a the crisis in student rentals and overcrowding a couple of years ago, which I sense might be on its way back. Mm. Um, you know, there were rental agents were telling female students they could they could rent a room if they had sex with them. Oh God! You know, which mm. is is awful and horrible, and but shows how easy it is to exploit people if they're desperate. Sure. So I think in this, in a way, is. I don't think it's going to make a huge difference to rents. It mm. doesn't seem to have in Victoria, but it will just make the industry a bit more honest. Sure. See, but- what could be happening is that agents and landlords are saying, we can't negotiate up from the price we state, mm. so let's put the maximum we think we can get. Yeah, so that could be inflationary as well. Yeah. And then for the people who who want to take the tenancies, I mean, what have they got to do? I mean, they've presumably got to stay overnight outside the the front door of the of the <laughs> apartment building or something, you know, to yeah. be first in. Yeah. You know, if, if they're a good candidate because if there's 30 applicants for for one place, which I think happens quite regularly, mm. How does the landlord and the real estate agent distinguish between them if they're all, you know, they've got jobs, they've got steady incomes, they seem to pay their bills on time? Mm. How do you possibly distinguish? 
Oh, I, I can think of ways I would uh, weed out poor candidates for so any rental. They might all be good candidates. No, no, no. Like anybody who came and said uh, that they were lawyers, young lawyers, <laughs> I'd say, oh, I'm sorry, it's already You're taken. You're more trouble than it's yeah. worth. Okay. That a friend of ours had was renting a house and they had two or three young lawyers staying in the house and they would get phone calls saying, we need the light bulb changed. Mm. You've mm. got to come and change the light bulb. Mm. And there was always this implied threat that if you don't, do exactly what we want within the terms of the lease, then we're going to make your life difficult because we're all lawyers. Mm. Nah, I would bounce them. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, the real problem is the shortage of housing. And as we know, you kind of talk about a balanced housing market when there's about a 5% vacancy rate Mm. for for rentals. Mm. So 5%, okay. In Sydney, it's 1.1%. Wow. In Melbourne, it's 1.3%. And in Brisbane... It's 0.6%. Wow. Yeah. So it's incredibly tight. So there's no wriggle room for anyone, no, is there? No, not at all. There might be if um, lots of people who own residences that they're putting out on short-term lets, if they put them back into the residential rental pool, that might help a little bit. But, you know, we still just need more housing. We need more apartments. This is the one thing that the governments will not address is the short-term rental issue. Because anybody who has any awareness of the number of homes that have gone into short-term rentals in in all states over the past few years, knows that it's made a big dent in the availability issue. But the government, they will never say anything about it Mm. because there's two things. One, they don't want to be seen to be taking money out of people's pockets that they could be earning, this myth of the sharing thing. And the other one is they want tourists to come here. Mm. They really do. And, and we're seeing, I mean, as we were talking about last week, hotels are making a comeback mm. because people try out the Airbnb or the stays or whatever experience and discover that, yeah, they do like to travel to other countries and other cities, but when they get there, they want a level of comfort and security yeah. that they're not necessarily going to get because the Airbnb thing can be a gamble. Mm, as we it, it discovered, always, yeah, sure, absolutely. <laughs> in the past, yeah. So yeah. So this is a step in the right direction, but there's still an awful lot more that needs to be done. I wonder if I mean I think it's a step in in uh, making the whole process more transparent and honest. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to have a huge effect from what you're saying with the figures there. I don't think it's going to have a huge effect on the rise in rents. Rents are going to keep going up. Until we reach a point where people are just going to go and live somewhere else because they can't afford to live in our cities. Mm, absolutely. And at the moment they're saying that's one, um, like first home buyers, the, the figure for first home buyers is really down. It's down by 26% now to what it was a year ago. Yeah. And people are saying, well, because rents still keep increasing and because the vacancy rate's so low, that might start persuading a lot of people who prefer renting. You know, Maybe it's a lifestyle choice or an economic choice. It might force them into to becoming first home buyers, you know, mm. to buy their first place, because interest rates, yes, they're a bit higher than they've been, but they're probably stabilising now. There's probably only a couple more interest rate rises mm-hmm. um, going to happen early next year because the inflation rate still seems to be coming down a little bit, mm. and uh, because there's fewer first home buyers 
out in the market and there's fewer investors in the market and fewer owner occupiers, there's less competition. So they can negotiate with vendors a little bit better. And prices are softening in lots of places as well. Mm. Um, and apartments that are presenting extremely good value because their prices have fallen a bit more and didn't go up as much as houses. Right. So at the moment, um, the experts are saying that apartments offer great value. So maybe it just might persuade more people who rent apartments to actually start buying them instead. Right. Especially because, you know, houses just aren't being developed very much at the moment. The figures are really down, but apartment developments are still going up well housing you know individual houses your quarter acre block well then nobody's got a quarter acre acre block anymore but there these mansions that mm. are built to are right onto the boundary of the property they are the least efficient way of housing people mm. and there's but, far fewer of those around now as well you yeah. know all the new land and package developments They've all got much smaller blocks mm. and, and they kind of have gardens as well and they, they have proper entertaining areas in their gardens, in their mm. backyards. Yeah. And, and people are trying to build communities. I mean, a friend of mm. ours has just moved into an apartment block or a scheme, a multi-block scheme in the inner west of Sydney and they have a monthly social. Mm. Um, and she went along for her first one the other night and she said it was nice and she felt, that there really was a community there. Mm. Um, she would be about 40-ish, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, the, the funny thing is she said, contrary to what I would have expected, most of the people there were over 50. Mm. Yeah. The people who came out for the social. So, it's, you know, we tend to think of apartments as being the provenance of younger people, but it's actually older people, especially downsizers, but... You know, people who just have found a, a nice, comfortable way of living and mm. staying in the city, which is which, where they want to be. But then again, Jimmy, there's probably a lot more younger people there, but they, they don't go to social <laughs> no, drinks because no. they've got busy social lives. And yeah, they've got real social lives. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, there's that. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the amount of information that you have to give out when you're basically doing anything these days, but especially uh, becoming a tenant. That's after this. I dropped in on LinkedIn and I saw a post by Victor Dominello, the fair trading and digital minister of innovation. He's got more ministries than Scott Morrison, <laughs> but legitimately. And he was responding to a piece that had been on Channel 7, I think, about the amount of information that, that tenants are expected to give. Mm, yeah, it's incredible now. I mean, you kind of have to give your wage, your salary, yeah. you know, whether you're expecting to, to go up in the company you're in, how um, secure your job is. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, because the thing is, if you're competing amongst other would-be tenants for positions, yeah. you're encouraged to give as much information as you possibly can. Yeah, you know, but as we know, that information is not necessarily going to be secure. No, absolutely not. I yeah. remember a couple of years ago, I was buying a new phone or getting a new mobile contract. And the people in the shop, they needed more information from me and I didn't have it on me at the time. And I sent them a fax. Mm. And and it was stuff like, you know, it was bank account details and credit card numbers and things. Mm. And I said, oh, I don't feel very 
comfortable about this. And they said, no, it's fine. You know, we do this all the time. It's very safe. You know, it's very private. <laughs> so I went down to the shop to get my phone and I said, you know, can I get my phone? And they said, oh, you never sent that thing. I said, yes, I did. I put it, I faxed it to mm. you. They remember faxes. And the guy said, no, 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 no. And then he went through in the, the back shop and came back and said, oh, you ever found it? I said, what do you mean you found it? He said, well, it was sitting on the photocopier. <laughs> I said, so this is your level of security. You just leave things on the photocopier. And he said, mate, I don't know why you're getting so upset. It doesn't matter. And he was probably photocopying it busily and selling the <laughs> details. Selling the details. <laughs> and then just the other day, I was, I can't remember what it was. I was online. I was about to buy something. And there was a point where it said, you know, what's your driving license number or whatever. And I thought, what? I mean, I'm buying a like a pot or something from a, a, a department store. Why do they need my yeah. driving license number? <laughs> and I actually thought, I said, this is ridiculous mm. that we have to give so much detailed information. Mm. I wonder, would it help if we all had a an identity card? Yeah, that would make it much easier. Or even a little chip in a finger. Uh, well, a I'm chip in a finger. Like yeah. Because mm. um, do you remember... A few years ago, we were going on holiday to a place in South Australia, and the resort where we were staying, it was kind of like a little tiny bespoke place. They sent us this huge questionnaire. Oh, yeah. And it was like, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite music? What's your favorite wine? Yeah. What do you like doing in your holiday? All these questions. And you refused to fill it That's in. That's right. I thought, wow, this is really invasive. I don't like this. Whereas you filled it in. Yeah. And which we may- turned up there... <laughs> They, they were playing on the music system, your favourite music. Yeah. They had a chilled bottle of your favourite wine there. Yeah. They, they had a guitar. They, pro- they had a guitar because pro- you play guitar. Propped in the corner. That's right. And they had a menu with all your favourite meals on. I thought, bugger, why did you <laughs> not do that? Yeah, that was, that was benign. I wonder if they've still got that information. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it can be quite sinister when people start putting bits of information together. Mm. And I've had my identity stolen three times Mm. um once somebody managed to clone uh it was a taxi driver um yeah yeah, the trick is and and here's a word of warning if it ever happens to you they put your credit card through a machine and then they go oh that machine's not working can we put it through this machine and one of those machines is copying the strip on your credit card and the other one or the chip the information on the chip and the other one is copying your pin number when you put it in although nobody needs to do that Mm. so much these days so that was how i got caught and they managed to pull about ten thousand dollars out of my credit card account before i was overseas Mm. i was in uh, vietnam and i got a call from you saying can you please pay our credit card bills because they've just stopped they stopped my credit card yeah and uh and it turned out that uh, we were being mm. filleted by somebody who'd scammed it. I remember somebody once got my credit card details, and they were they were in Melbourne, and they were buying. They bought themselves a computer. They bought air tickets to Sydney, none of which they could use mm. because to get the computer, they would have to have given their address. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And to use the flight, they would have to turn up at the airport with ID. They were just seeing what they could do with somebody else's ID. So I think, I don't know, there must be some system, a verifiable system. You have an ID card. It's got a hologram on it. It's got your thumbprint on it. It's got your picture on it. And that's the only thing you ever need to give anybody. 
mm-hmm. in, in, and I think especially in tenants, because in this LinkedIn thing, one person wrote in and said they were once accidentally sent an email by a real estate agent, and in that email there was the profiles of four applicants. It had their bank details, their credit card details, where mm. they worked, where they lived, all that stuff, just accidentally sent out. We know from the Medicare scandals and, and, and other stuff, this stuff is not secure. Yeah. And probably at some point, the government is going to have to come in and say, you need to wipe everything that you don't need yeah. to, to, to do your business and start again. Absolutely. Okay, well... Christmas is around the corner, as we said. Hmm. You're looking forward to a break? Oh, I really am. I think it's been it's been a long year. It's been a great year, but it's mm. been tough, and mm. it's been tough for a lot of people, I think, really. Yeah. And um, I think it'll, hopefully if the weather picks up a bit, it's always good in the summertime. Everything's always much better in the summertime. Well, we quite like Christmas because a lot of people go away. Mm. After Christmas shopping is over, the city gets quite quiet for a week or so. Everybody goes away. People stop calling us up and demanding all the stories that we're late with. <laughs> and uh, we get we get a chance. Well, it's funny because I was going to say we get a chance to relax and we get a chance to do some work. But actually for us, that is relaxing. Yeah, I mean, we, we get to do our book projects, I suppose, yeah, over this period of time. I've got finished my edit on my novel. Haven't you finished that yet? Oh, my goodness. You I, have to hurry up. I, yeah. Right. I, I finished my edit, but it was only because I had a really tight deadline. <laughs> right. But the trouble is they haven't given you a deadline for your edit. so No. Yeah. But I think I'm going to relax this Christmas. I'm going to watch some more of Only Murders in the Building. This new series. Yes, because season one was great. It was that comedy with Steve Martin and Martin Shaw and Selena Gomez. Yeah, Martin Short. Oh, Martin Short. Oh, I think sorry. Martin Shaw is a British detective That's right, actor. yes. I keep muddling them. Yeah. And uh, it's a great series about um, people who live in the same apartment building with some nefarious goings on there that they kind of try and solve. I read an article about that apartment building and um, it it was a really interesting uh, building where everybody rented uh, and – and the, the building was gr- gradually deteriorating because they couldn't put the rent up because it was rent controlled. Oh, it was beautiful. We took up a, an entire block in New York. And then somebody came in and started buying up bits of the, the building and, and buying the tenants out. And, uh, I think there was one person left yeah. there who refused to, to go. But, you know, as, as they, as they bought the tenants out, they, they could increase the rent. And then once they'd done that, they started selling the individual apartments. Mm. But And a fabulous building. Oh, it looks beautiful in the TV show. Yeah. yeah it absolutely. wouldn't be cheap buying no. in there, I wouldn't think, <laughs> or renting for that matter. No. And what else have you got? And there's another um, TV series just starting called The Flat Share. Have you seen any of that yet? I've seen some promos for it. It's It sounds like a, it's an interesting concept that a couple decide they want to share the cost of a flat, but they don't don't want to actually spend any time t- together. <laughs> so they kind of do like the effectively like hot desking or hot bunking, you know, like oh. they're never in the flat at the same time. So they communicate with each other through post-it notes. Oh, okay, sounds fun. Might be good to, to, to see. Oh, I thought you were going to suggest that we could start doing it there. Oh, <laughs> Might be an idea, actually. And the yeah. classic uh, apartment movie 
is High Rise. Mm. I'm trying to think of the name of the science fiction author who wrote the book, but uh, I we've got it somewhere, I think, yeah, as we well. Have, yeah. mm. I'm looking up; I can't see it. And that's quite dystopian, isn't it? it was- well, basically, it's it. Look, it was written back in the '60s when high rises were just beginning, and like the reality of many high rises, the rich people live further up the building, and the poorer people live further down the building, and there's a crisis of they can't afford to keep the facilities going and so they shut them off to the poorer people in the lower floors Ooh. and this starts a civil war with within the building <laughs> sounds like typical day sydney. in an apartment block yeah. in sydney yeah <laughs> so no, we'll, i've never we'll seen that dig so that one out yeah, yeah it's on it's it's streaming on one of the streaming services what uh just so as to not frustrate our listeners only Murders in the Building is on Disney, is that right? Yeah, Disney Plus, I think, yeah. And fl- the, f- the flat, flat share is Paramount, Paramount Plus. Yeah. And I think High Rise is either on Stan or Netflix. It's there somewhere. Okay. And you'll probably put it on um, the internet. The internet. <laughs> ah, the good old internet. <laughs> but you'll put it, probably put it on your flat chat site when you talk about this, this podcast. Probably. I think that's quite enough from us. Everybody... Thank you so much for listening to us for the past year. We'll be back in January, creating more trouble for people who need trouble created. (laughs) Have a happy Christmas and hope you have a magnificent new year. I'm sure 2023 is going to be a belter for us all. Yeah, I think so too. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Flat Chat Wrap podcast. You'll find links to the stories and other references on our website, flatchat.com.au and if you haven't already done so you can subscribe to this podcast completely free on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Spotify, Stitcher or your favourite podcatcher just search for Flat Chat Rap with a W, click on subscribe and you'll get this podcast every week without even trying. Thanks again talk to you again next week